0: So to shift a bit, you alluded to this and I'd love to hear a bit more about you had a moment where, you know, kind of a breakdown and wondering why I'm so anxious and then going to a therapist for the first time. Can you Mm -hmm. can you share a bit about that and that kind of mental health journey that you've been on since then and kind of how it started and where you are now?
1: Yeah. And uh, the whole that whole experience of reaching out to a therapist for the first time was weird. It was awkward. I'd never done it before. Uh, I mean, I, I had no problem calling a doctor if I felt like I had some sort of issue or anything. Mm. Um, but I learned that, you know, if you've got some struggles going on, um, upstairs, like if you've got some stress, anxiety, depression or something, or even if you're just like at the moment where, where it's like, I think I should, maybe I should see a therapist. You should probably see a therapist and it Mm. doesn't hurt never hurts to to go get some professional discussion um and and that's what it is it's a very it's a professional conversation with a professional Mm -hmm. at conversating and what do you think
0: the the barrier like the big barrier was for you was it just i didn't know what
1: to do or was it something else the big barrier was i know how i'm i'm a man i can fix my own problems i can solve my own my own problems. I've got all the solutions. I've got all the answers. I'm invincible. Nothing mm. can happen to me. And, and if you have to go see a therapist, that's because you have like an eating disorder or you're crazy or schizophrenic or something like yeah. that. Cause that's what's often portrayed in media and portrayed through the, um, through my up- upbringing in the specific culture mm. that I was raised in. Um, mm. and so, Breaking down that barrier was difficult at first, but once I went and had my first conversation and told my wife about it, it's like, wow, this was actually really helpful, really cool. It made me feel human, made me feel normal. <laughs> like everything bad in my life was like, yeah, and, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> it isn't that big of a deal. And yeah. so my first, my first round of of therapy wasn't, um, it kind of helped uh, break the ice. I I didn't get into anything too deep or difficult or anything. It wasn't until my second son and going through postpartum depression there where things got even more heavy. And that's when I went to a therapist and worked through a lot of stuff through my past and in the current moment and got advice on how to to carry forward and a lot of mm. just kind of like that's one of the things that's great about going to see a therapist is you learn a lot of tools for your mental toolkit on how to handle situations in a specific manner that is healthy so that you can continue forward Hmm. so you can respond to these traumas and respond to these thoughts in a healthy way so that Hmm. they don't don't affect you and so that's what i learned in my second second round but through all of that i became a huge mental health advocate of like like i said you if if you think you've got a broken arm or if you think you're sick you probably just go check with your primary care physician you just Hmm. make a phone call and i've got a doctor's appointment next week and it's no big deal Yeah, But for some reason, when it was like "Ah, something's really been bothering me at work or in my relationship or a family member that was really close to me died and I don't know how to handle it. I'm just going to sit and stew about it Hmm. and maybe have a glass of wine every single Hmm. night instead of on the weekends or whenever. And it's like, no, like just it's a lot of mental health is covered in a lot of insurance nowadays through your employer or whatever. And just look it up. Make a phone call. Never hurts just to make a call. Yeah talk with someone
0: yeah that barrier i think is a lot of yeah definitely one that a lot of men will resonate with and i've heard that i'm sure countless countless, time. countless times i mean i'd say you know well over half the men that i've seen that's it's, it's, it's a very classic one um you know it's probably pushing even 75 percent of the men i see Gosh, yeah no doubt uh you know some you know some it isn't there um but definitely the majority so right. can you speak a bit more about you know, your experience. So if anyone's listening that may be experiencing, not to freak them out, but more of a education of, Hey, this is what it was like for me and my symptoms Mm -hmm. and my experience. And then, then how I got help in therapy.
1: Yeah. So for me, um, I, I would get very, I would get very anxious about, um, what I was doing as far as raising and disciplining my children and, and worried about what I just constantly worried about, what I was doing, if I was going to screw him up, I was worried about if I'm, does that make me a good or a bad dad? Uh, what is a good dad? What is a good man? Am I making enough money to provide and put food on the table? It, it's And these thoughts just kind of, if they're not present and if you're not thinking about them, they're affecting your your day-to-day decisions subconsciously, mm. I noticed. And uh, I noticed looking back, uh, not during the moment, obviously, um and then I, you know, part of part of some of the other symptoms of depression, like I'm a huge hockey fan. I love to play hockey and I love mm-hmm. to, to watch it and be involved in everything. Mm-hmm. And um, also with with my blog, I love to take photos and do photography and and share share bits and pieces of of my life to help other men. And all of that just falls by the wayside hmm. like a rock. I, yeah. you know, you're just not not interested in the things that that previously brought you joy and I fall inward on myself. And what I mean by that is I stew on my thoughts. I don't talk about them. I don't share Mm. them with my wife. I'm not open. I'm closed. And I spend a lot of time alone, Mm. whether it's playing video games or I don't know, just like scrolling Facebook or Instagram, trying to Mm. get little bits and pieces of dopamine from comedy Mm. skits or whatever. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I, it makes me think back on, and, and luckily for me, this is just kind of like uh, for certain phases of my life and not like chronic depression, like other men have gone through. Cause it just makes me think about, uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln park. Yeah. And like, you see the video that his wife shared of like, this was Chester the night before he committed suicide. And he was wow. laughing and rolling with his family and playing stupid games and just having a just a joyous, super fun time. And then it all just comes crashing down because you mm-hmm. get left alone and you're just in your thoughts and your thoughts are your worst enemy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's, you know, sometimes the manifestation that we see on the exterior sometimes matches and yeah. sometimes it's masked, right?
1: And as, as in my experience being a man, I'm damn good at masking.
0: I think a lot of men are. Yeah. A lot of men are better at masking typically. Yeah. We're, I think we're, we tend to be more trained in masking, right? Um, postpartum. Yeah. So it's, and it's one in 10, I believe, right? The stats and there's a, uh, a buddy i have met through actually through Instagram. His name's Scott. Um, he runs actually PMH support for postpartum, you know, male depression and he's in, he's based out of the UK. So he's got a big heart trying to educate people about hey this is actually a thing that dad's face yes and you just think you know not just moms have postpartum depression um but really it's all about the onset because what you're describing is all it's depression symptoms right it's isolating it's pulling away from your hobbies and interests it's that kind of you know foggy brain and yes anxiety that some for some some people can have like an anxious distress when they're depressed not always but in your case sounds like you kind of had that Mm -hmm. anxiousness uh low energy maybe more irritable mood things like that Maybe appetite changes, sleep changes. Perform-
1: my performance at work wasn't the same. The output, yep. just because like I was making more mistakes.
0: Yep. Yeah, because hard to focus, right? Hard to mm-hmm. concentrate. Yeah, you slow down, and and some guys then also have the kind of suicidal thoughts or self harming thoughts yeah. sometimes. But yeah, that's it really all that depression is. It's just depression. It just starts postpartum. It's the same symptoms. Right. There's no difference. It's just it, when it starts and the trigger. The timing. Yeah. and timing, right? So you got treatment, this is like your second son. And so your yeah. treatment um, was really, was it just consisting primarily of kind of talk therapy and kind of working through an understanding and education and what yeah. other modalities involved?
1: Yeah. So the whole, the whole second round, it was, it was a lot of it was postpartum specifically because We had a totally normal experience with our second son. Like, you know, we were in the hospital for like 24, 48 hours or whatever and sent home and and everything was fine and had like the honeymoon phase with him, which was great. And We got to have Mm. that experience and we're super grateful that we got to live that as well. Yeah. But it was, he was, after Eli was home from the hospital, he's a pretty easy kid. He was great. Mm. He like slept through the night. We just had to change out his oxygen or feeding tube or feed him all the normal stuff right back to sleep Mm. no issues blake did not sleep cried all the time um and i just with like for some reason the crying just ignited some anger inside of me and i started looking it up and i'm like oh this is a real thing like your your child's crying just makes you just really angry, not like angry at, at your child, but just like yeah. gives you feelings of rage. And I'm like, yeah, what the heck is going on here? And it started to um, like, there were times where my wife was like, I think Blake was six months, and my wife was out at some activity. And I was at home with the kids. And Blake was just crying. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can do this, I can handle mm-hmm. it. And after like 30 minutes of him just bawling his eyes out and mm-hmm. 30 minutes feels like four hours that's, when you have that's a crying hard. child.
0: Yeah. That's really draining.
1: And especially and, if you've been sleeping. And he, and you're not sleeping. So you're you're on like five hours of sleep and you have a crying child. And I'm like, I want my wife to have a break and have a good time and yeah. not for me to not call her. And this time it this whole bit of depression kind of tied in with a, a like a faith transition for me. Because I I tried a lot of the the you know praying or or giving him blessings and things that I I had ra- was raised to believe in, um, and none, none of it worked. And I'm like, okay, so for some reason, when I'm at my darkest moment and I'm and I'm reaching out for help and I'm I'm not getting it, but then I call my wife and she's like, oh like Andrew's not in a good spot and she comes rushing home and she's mm-hmm. there and physically there and comes and helps and supports me so I'm like okay I'm going to put all of my focus and attention here on my family and 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 with my wife yeah and um yeah and I remember at that that one specific moment again very similar to the previous experience I shared I I was in like the fetal position on the Mm. floor and all the lights were off and the shades were drawn and it was just dark. And you start to get some of those suicidal ideation thoughts that just come out of nowhere. And you're like, what the hell am I thinking? Yeah. Like you don't even, you're like, cause, cause literally the way your mind just starts going is like, this is so painful and so dark. Cause mind you, like this one experience I'm sharing happened several times. It wasn't the first. It was this was yeah, one of many. Yeah, one of many where I had to call my wife home early from something cuz I was about to lose it. And you know, um yeah, and so my wife again, very similar to the other experience I shared comes in and and makes sure that Blake is okay and helps to calm him down so I'm not like upset anymore and then she comes mm-hmm. in and like checks on me. is like, are you, "Are you okay? Like what's mm-hmm. going on here?" And it was then where I then I was more comfortable reaching out to a therapist a second time. Cause I, I'm like, I've done this once. I can do it again. It still was mm. hard. <laughs> like by all means, yeah wasn't easy to do it a second time, but it was easier. Yeah. And that's yeah. when I, I started to, you know, meet with a the therapist and be like, look, yeah. I've got some depression and things going on. Here's kind of some of my thoughts and what's been happening in my mm. life. And he's like, all right, I'm going to start yeah. work, working through this.
0: And in your experience with therapy, what do you think was the most helpful piece or part in that
1: I think the most helpful thing about therapy was it was that I had a place where I could go and I I shared the same exact things that I, I shared with my wife. But my wife was my wife is a great listener. This is kind of going back full like full circle to our other conversation is like,
0: yeah,
1: my wife is a great listener. But this got to a point where. My wife had heard the same things over and over again, and now I needed a solution. I needed someone to fix it, uh-huh. and therapy is a professional fixer in a way mm. when it comes to comes to these sorts of things. And there were there was stuff of, uh, as a part of my past, as a part of um, you know mm-hmm. religious trauma and things that I had to work through, as well yeah. as tools and things I needed in in my mental toolkit to help work through some anxiety to help get me through this difficult difficult phase mm-hmm. with with Blake and and his crying episodes and things. Yeah. And so I think just to kind of wrap it up is one of the most beneficial things that you get from therapy is you just build this awesome mental toolkit mm-hmm. and it just helps you become a wiser person cuz mm-hmm. you know you get to talk to a professional that just yeah, is able to tailor generic information to you <laughs> that helps you <laughs> Solve your specific issues, so that yeah. in the future you can hopefully solve you can solve them on your own yeah. because you've got the tools on how to do it. I just didn't have those tools beforehand.
0: I love that you said that. You know, that's a lot of my goal when I'm working with people is to is I, and I love I use actually use the analogy a lot, especially working with guys. Is hey, it's a toolkit. I'm giving mm-hmm. you tools so that one day you can use these. And sometimes you may need to come back. I call them tune up sessions. You know, yeah. get an oil get an oil change, maybe put yeah. some new tires on, things like that. But the hope is that. I, give, I equip you. I don't want you dependent on me. I want exactly. you to be equipped to use these tools to go live your life. And if you hit a bump, if you get a flat tire, come back. You know, we'll fix you up and get you back out there. Um, right. And so you mentioned Toolkit, Toolbox. I'm wondering, could you share like two practical tools that you use on a regular basis that help you?
1: I think one of the ones that that initially was helpful was that whole ask what needs your so the my in my first round of therapy uh, I went a couple of times with my wife and it was you know ask the needs of your spouse and share the needs of yourself. That was a, mm. that was a huge one for yeah. like just opening the floodgates of of healthy proper communication so our yeah. relationship could be strong and wasn't shrouded in confusing <laughs> mist. And then the The next piece was, um, I think it was, I think it's, it's super cliche to say, but it's okay. It was, it was (laughs) realizing, (laughs) yeah, it was realizing it's okay to not be okay. And that I'm normal. Yeah. Because That's that's, that's, that's the problem that I think a lot of, a lot of us have is we're like, you know, I've got all these problems in my life, and I'm the only one that's struggling, and I'm the only one with this yeah. problem, and I don't know how to solve it, and mm. uh, I'm just kind of stuck. And then I went into therapy and I'm sharing all these things. And then my specific therapist was like, Oh, yeah, like my wife went through that. Oh, I know someone that went through that like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not the only yeah. one.
0: Yeah. And
1: for me, it was that realization, and I'm like, Oh, mm-hmm. And so it made me, I mean, to kind of like, it's like, I'm not special for having my specific problems. Yes. It's my perception and it's happening Mm -hmm. to me. So it's important, but it it was that, that gift of feeling that I'm not alone. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. that was invaluable Mm. because in turn, the big realization moment in my second round of therapies is is I worked through a lot Mm. of I worked through a lot of things in my past where I felt like in the culture I grew up in in, and religion and everything, a lot of my worth of existing and being a human being was tied to specific actions and specific rituals that I had to complete in order to get to certain places. Mm. and once I let go of that and released it, I'm like, well, the only way I felt worthy of existing and being a human being was if I did those things, and my therapist mm. was like, hey, Andrew, guess what? You have worth. Mm. And when I heard that the first time, I just broke down in tears. I was like, what? Like, how is that possible? I, yeah. I learned my whole life that I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to earn someone's love and appreciation, mm. And I, I don't like, I'm just, because I, I'm a human and I exist, I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy of connection and I'm worthy of wow. having friendships. So I guess I, those are like the three things I learned. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, I mean,
0: those are past powerful and
1: oh, it was absolutely incredible. And I went home to my wife and I'm like, guess what? I'm worthy of existing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, how about like like, like a break? You know, it sounds like a significant piercing and breaking down of a big wall of this kind of shame of not enough unless I produce, not enough, and you know a lot of men I work with too, myself included, I struggle with that. Like I have to produce, I have to achieve, I have to. If I achieve, I have value. If I produce, I'm enough. If we tie our value to these achievements, and the problem with that is, and a lot of men get stuck, is that it's a it's a bottomless pit because as soon as you achieve, as soon as you get to the next step there's always something more to do right um right there's always there's always more and so right. it's never enough And yeah, that's, the, like, that's the that's the scary part right
1: and people never want to share like how much money they make at work and and like keep a tight lip on that because it's mm-hmm. like you tie your worth to your yeah. title at your work and you tie your worth to how much money you make how big of a house you have and then it starts mm-hmm. keeping up with the joneses and it's like guys that stuff doesn't <laughs> matter what matters is what makes you happy and yeah you know, I think um, Gary Gary V. For those that are Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk fans, one of the things that I I really appreciate um, one of the stories he told is he's like, I've got a really good friend that I'm extremely jealous of, because Gary is Gary V. is like, I wanna I wanna own the Jets. And he's got all these huge conglomerates and companies and he's like a, a social media celebrity and everything um, for all of these brands and stuff trying to achieve that goal. And he's like, that's what's going to make me happy. Hmm. And he's like, I'm jealous of my friend that I've known my whole life that I still love and see. And he is a history teacher and he gets a terrible pay, hmm. but he's got a wife, he's got kids and he absolutely hmm. loves doing what he does hmm. and he's happy. Uh, And I'm like, "Ah, that's what matters is like, I don't care how much I make. Like if I, if I had a million dollars right now, I'd probably just like pay off my house, put some of it in, in vesting so I could live off of it for the rest of my life. And I would go full blown into writing and sharing my experiences and Mm -hmm. and in the, in the blog and and chatting with men, I'd probably do a career shift and do something Mm -hmm. like coaching or something like yeah. Something that I feel adds more meaning and I hope yeah. to make that jump one day.
0: And yeah, we, we, we can talk about that, making the jump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is really at the end of the day where you derive your meaning is not in things, but it's relationship, you know? It's, it's that it's in relationships is that's where you derive your meaning from is with your kids, with helping others, with giving it away with your wife, with, it's not in your salary or the house. Like, it's nice to have those things, but I'm sure no, it's about, it's like the history teacher is like, Oh, he's happy because he's content with his life and he's, he's not striving to fill it with something else. He's just, okay.
1: Um, And that's, that's one of the things that was a huge change for me because previously in in the previous culture and religion i was i was a part of it was this whole focus on always focus on the eternities and you're trying mm-hmm. to get to this this level of this there's like multiple le- levels inside of heaven and you're trying to get the highest level inside of the highest mm-hmm. level inside of the highest level of heaven and i'm like man that's a lot to just focus on and day to day actions on trying to get there and then for me when everything kind of broke apart i was like what matters is what's right in front of me. Hmm. And you know, it wouldn't be heaven for me if I didn't have good relationships with people now. And I felt like there are so many things that just weren't important that were trying to get me to that end goal previously. Wow. Or now that that isn't my main focus. My main focus is what's in front of me, relationship hmm. with my kids, relationship with my wife, reigniting and rekindling relationships with guy friends and yeah. trying to have guy friends. And yeah. that's like, like what real guy mean. friends, right? Like yeah, intimate like, guy friends. It, yeah, Yeah, exactly. And yeah. guys that you can like sit by a campfire and be like, bro, this week sucks. Let me tell yeah. you why. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. What a what a, a reality perspective shift. You know, Huge what shift. a complete, utter, just like world you change. And my final question and, you know, what is the one thing that you want your kids to know above all else?
1: That I love them no matter what, period. Cause I think it. it's hard cause there, there are times when my little two year old will be like, dad, are you mad at me? I'm like, no, bud. Hmm. And like, now he just does it cause he, he, <laughs> he, just likes our reaction. <laughs> but, um, there, there, there have been times where like, like we're frustrated, we're upset. Like we've asked, we've asked, um, Eli, our oldest child to like stop poking his brother like 20 times. And we're like, dude, we have two rules in this house. One is listen the first time. The second is be kind. And you're ignoring both of those multiple times. Please like come here. Let's work through this. And like he can hear in our tone of voice that we're upset and frustrated. And then he cries. And then we ask him like, why are you crying? And he's like, because you guys got mad at me. And then we're like, but you still, you realize that we still love you, right? And he's like, no, you don't love me because you're mad at me. And I'm like, well, hold on. Mm. I'm like, I'm sorry if that came across that way. Mm. That is first and foremost, I want you to understand that we love you no matter what, no matter mm. what you do in this life, yeah. you do not have to earn that. It's already mm. given freely. Yeah. And trying to drill that home multiple times. Yeah. It's hard. And I, and I hope, I hope that I can instill that in them and, and realize that, you know, I can do, I can do my best to set. I, I, I saw this, um, I can't remember the the guy's name, but there's this, there's this dad on TikTok who's, who's absolutely phenomenal. And I'm, I'm bummed that I can't remember his name right now, Hmm. but there was something he shared uh, that really resonated with me this week. And it was, you can't, you can't give your kids an amazing future. That's their job. Hmm. They're in charge of their own future. What you are in control of and what you can give your kids is an amazing childhood. Hmm. And I'm like, you know what? That totally resonates. Like, making sure that when they look back at their childhood, they look back fondly and be like, yeah, dad, mom and dad love me. They spent time with me. They were at all of my games. They were all of these things. And I'm like, you know what? I just, I just want my kids to know that, mm. that I love them. and I want the best for them. And I sure hope that, you know, when they're older, we can all sit around a campfire mm. with a beer or something and just chat about the good old times about the stuff that they're going through and yeah. and just, you know, have a good time in life. Mm.
0: Well, and it sounds like with that, what you want them to know is really to the, the come full circle from a conversation is yeah. really instilling them the, instilling in them at a young age the truth of their value Yes, and kind of fighting against that, I think, natural thing that kids tend to do is they tend, we could really get stuck in shame because we all have shame, which is like, I'm not enough, yeah. I'm not valuable, I'm not lovable. We all, we all deal with that, but you're really hitting it like, nope, 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 nope,
1: nope. <laughs> like kidding it and over it's and hard over again. Absolutely. <laughs> it's hard to fight against it cuz it's like generations of that yeah. type of teaching, but you're doing it. I mean, but you're your shift. Yeah, you it is and and you have the awareness
0: and mindset and intentionality to recognize you're breaking your you know the generational stuff of like I want to give a different vision to my children's generation and teaching them vulnerability and right. You know Maybe a, a a more holistic way to be a man. Uh, yes, a healthier version of what it means to be masculine and a man, and yeah, st- to be strong and all that that means. Right, and to know that their value and worth is not tied to a paycheck or to their grade or to their. You know, we still need to be corrected at times, and yeah. And discipline is about teaching right and, and saying, Hey, we gotta be, you know, kind and listen and these things, but your their value doesn't tie to that and really hitting that every single time. Is is it hard? Yeah. But you're you're really changing that and breaking the cycle from your past and really intentional about giving a healthy version to your kids. And and the hope is that they really take that on. So when when and if they have kids, it's like they're already kind of farther than you were, right? Yeah. They're they're farther down the path. Right. And they get to work on something else. hundred <laughs> um, percent. Cause you're gonna, you know, probably mess up in some other
1: way. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna screw the pooch on something, and they're gonna have to go to therapy for it. And I just accept the fact that that is, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. And and I think what a, what, you know, what a wonderful thing to end on of just, you know, to know that they're loved. You know, yeah. full stop. Like regardless, full stop. And for those that aren't British, full stop means period, right? Yes. (laughs) That's what that means. Um, I do have some Brits that listen to the show and that have been on the show, so they'll get it. Um, For all the Americans, full stop means period. Um, So, Andrew, man, I could probably talk for hours about this stuff, but I know that we need to come to a close, at least for this conversation. And and I Mm -hmm. thank you so much, Andrew, for being, gosh, just being vulnerable, sharing Yeah, man really a piece of your life, a significant part of your life and stuff that you went through, how you navigated it with your son, dealing with your own mental health and really also, and the shift from finding relief with your son. And by the way, congratulations on your son's heart. I mean, I yeah, blessings to him and for continued just strength for his heart, man, just to keep growing strong and and, and for you to keep passing down that new, healthier, uh, holistic vision of what it means to be human to your kids. So blessings to you and your family, man. And and uh, I can't wait to share this with others to hear to to hear your story and and we'll definitely talk soon okay
1: thanks man appreciate it travis this was awesome yeah dude have a good night
0: thanks for joining and listening today please leave a comment and review the show dads are tough but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone